Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Eurospeak podcast. On this episode, we're busting out the ODM gear, preparing our thunderspears, and ziplining into the world of Shingeki no Kyojin, or to use its English name, Attack on Titan. The best-selling manga by Hajime Isayama was adapted as an anime series in 2013. Its global reach is massive, and this year it was reported to be the fourth most popular television series in the world. The story depicts a near-extinct human race that is under siege by thoughtless, man-eating giants called Titans. I don't want to spoil the story too much, but the story is highly complex, and there's an air of mystery. To the events that take place, as with any anime series, you've got heroic main characters such as Eren Yeager, Mikasa Ackerman, and Armin Arlert. Now, just listening to that list, you should already get the sense that there are European influences in the series. More specifically, it's German influences. It's not only with the names of characters, though. You see it in the architecture of the world, the theme music, and even supposedly with references to European history. That last one is debatable, though. Now, joining me to discuss the world of Attack on Titan is Sandra, a big fan of the series and what I would call an expert on the subject. Welcome, Sandra. Hello, everyone. I am glad to be here. Yes, I am the big fan of the series. Excellent. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me, PJ. You are very welcome, and you are also the expert. Do not forget. No pressure, though. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If I may ask, is this your first time on a podcast by any chance? Yes, it is actually. Cool. So now I know you're an expert on the universe of Attack on Titan, but how's your German and your knowledge of Europe in general? Oh, in all honesty, I can't speak German because I chose French as my foreign language elective. Oh, très bien. <laughs> yes, très bien. <laughs> However, since I major in European studies, I can say that I have delved into a lot of interesting topics involving Europe, such as the continents, history, and culture. Excellent, and we will probably be hearing about some of that as we go through this show. Maybe we can start by having you tell our audience about how you first got into the series and what kept you going. Because you know, whether you're reading or watching it, it is a significant time commitment. Like, um, like a lot of people, actually, I watched the anime before I read the manga. So, as you mentioned a while ago, 2013 was when the first season came out. Um, I finished it in the same year, so I was 13 at that time. Okay. Uh, I felt like Attack on Titan was my transition from more, well, quote unquote, childish anime to more serious anime. Mm -hmm. So. That's one of the reasons why I was able to um, maintain such a, a good following to the anime. Um, I feel the need to mention my favorite character from the series, Hanji Zoe, mm -hmm. because another reason that kept me going was my curiosity about the Titans themselves, her jubilance and excitement about the Titans and learning about them was very different from a lot of the very serious characters that were around her. Um, so it was her curiosity and discoveries that actually influenced me to stay and continue looking looking forward to the series. All right, I, I think I'm going to agree with you without giving away too much. I think Hanji is a very cool character to choose as well. So what first got you into it was the anime, and 
what's kept you going is sort of trying to understand the Titans and maybe following your favorite character as well. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. As this episode's expert on what's going on with Attack on Titan, is the series actually over? I mean, they advertised that this latest season is called The Final. Is the anime actually done? Because honestly, I'm confused about whether or not I should expect more content in the future. Honestly, same. <laughs> Joke. Um, well, the manga series itself is finished with 139 chapters. Okay. Um, the series that we're following right now is called The Final Season, but it in itself is split into parts. This year, we were able to watch The Final Season Part 2. Part 3 should be out next year, probably around winter 2023. The last season ended at around chapter 131 of the manga, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Seeing as the last season covered around 16 chapters, it might be possible that the final season next year would be the final part of the final season. Already, I um, see. Yeah. Um, well, there are rumors that a movie is going to be released. There's really not much basis to that. Okay. Okay. So my confusion probably stemmed from the fact that it was called the final, but did I did not know that there were three, potentially three or four parts to this final. Yes. <laughs> final. <laughs> yes. So final one to three, or final one to four. Uh, thank you, thank you for enlightening me. Though that that is uh, helpful. Now I know that it's the final, but it's not over, which somehow makes sense. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. So now that we're updated on the series, perhaps we can move on to discuss European influences in Attack on Titan. Earlier, I mentioned character names, architecture, theme music, and possible references to actual history. Do you think I've missed any in that list, Sandra? No, I don't think so. Actually, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm glad to know that uh that that my research and and uh, the research from the Eurospeak podcast team has been accurate, more or less. Um, so perhaps we can proceed by examining each of those areas where there's some sort of European or even German influence. Uh, and I guess we could begin with names, right? So. In the episode introduction, I mentioned the names of the three main characters of the series and said that their names seem pretty German. Eren's last name is Jaeger, which is German for hunter. Uh, Mikasa, the female lead, has the last name Ackermann, which my quick Google search tells me means farmer, since Acker, Acker, uh, refers to the field, and Mann, Mann, uh, in German, is well, man. So a field man or a farmer, and Armin Arlert is the third member of the main character trio. And the instant European connection for me is the name Armin, and my mind immediately goes to the Dutch DJ Armin van Buren. A very long jump in logic there, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> my knowledge of characters from the show is not very wide, though, and I'm sure that you know a lot more. Uh, Sandra, do you by any chance have any other, maybe better examples of European influences in the character names? Mm, okay, so a lot of the last names of the people in Paradise Island, so that's where the main characters reside, mm -hmm. are rooted in German names. So, okay. for example, Reiner's name is of German origin, meaning, meaning warrior, and mm -hmm. as a 
spoiler alert, Morlian warrior himself. This is also very fitting. Mm-hmm. Another example would be uh, King Fritz. Um, okay. For example, his name actually means peaceful ruler. And once again, this is rooted in um, German origins. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, I would like to point out how interesting it is to see the connections that the mangaka makes in terms of the characters and the names that they have. Eren being a hunter ties in well with his character in the first season. His traits of being obsessed with the titans and wanting to slay them really shows how much of a quote-unquote hunter he is. Mikasa's name, um, first name, shows her Asian roots and her last name, which you said a while ago means farmer, as the way of life her father lived, actually. Okay. Armin's first name means defender or even soldier, and it lives up to the man that he became when he joined the Survey Corps. Mm. Um, aside from the German influences in the names, there are also a lot of other European influences in the names of the characters. For example, Hanji Zoe's last name means life in Greek. Okay. Jean's name, from the pronunciation and the spelling itself, is yeah. of French origin. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, the name Emir is derived from Norse mythology. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are wow. a lot more examples, but these are the most prominent that I can Right, think. right. Uh, I didn't realize that there were so many. Uh, thank you for sharing all of those, Sandra. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I suppose in a way, it's undeniable that there is some kind of Euro- European influence that goes into this. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Just just for the sake of our listeners and maybe for myself as well, you use the term mangaka. Did I? Did I? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Could you could you maybe um, uh, what is a mangaka um oh, okay. for us uninitiated people um <laughs> who who are not part of the um the manga hardcore uh maybe 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 you could help define what that is for us. Sure, no problem. So a mangaka is basically um, what the writer of the manga is called. So in this case, okay. the mangaka is Hajime Isayama. Oh, okay. So thanks for that clarification. So we could say that the mangaka has been influenced by European names, for example. He or the mangaka drew on European names for for his characters, something yes, like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's a correct usage. Awesome. Okay, so another aspect of the show that appears very European to me is the architecture of where the story takes place. Now, online, commenters have noted that it looks a lot like towns in southern Germany. I even saw a picture of a Bavarian town called Nordlingen in southern Germany. It looks a lot like where the story takes place. Uh, and for reference, uh, I'm showing you, Sandra, an image of this. And for any of our audience who are listening, we'll post it on, on, our, on our Facebook page. But uh, do you have any thoughts on, on this image of Nordlingen, Sandra? Does, do you think it resembles the, the setting of the story? Yes, actually, it definitely looks a lot like the walls of Paradise. And, well, as we know, there are three walls in the island that observe the circular pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, In a sense, actually, these circular walls serve as some sort of caste system, wherein the richer few who live in the center of the walls are more protected by the titans compared to those who are in the outer walls. Okay. Yeah, so it's very, you know, very interesting. So, 
Apart from the setting of the story, mainly being in a walled circular city like Nordlingen, can you give our listeners other examples of European or German influences on the setting, Sandra? Alright, so um, well, Paradise Island is heavily influenced or ruled by its military. Um, it also has a king, and this royal family is supposedly tied into the island's history. Um, I'll talk about that more later, but I think for now I'd like to focus on the names of the locations which are actually also inspired by Europe. So the island of Paradis, which I said where the characters live, stems from the French word Pachadis, which mm. directly translates to paradise. Right. So the environment itself is also very European. The island has four seasons and its northern regions are colder compared to its southern counterparts. Okay. Furthermore, um, the characters eat bread and potatoes instead of rice. Okay. Um, in fact, I think fans of the show can remember one of the most beloved characters, Sasha, eating a warm potato in the first few episodes. <laughs> Yes, which made right. for a very com- comedic scene. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I, I think I remember this, um, but I will not describe it any more than that. Yes. <laughs> In terms of architecture, the smaller area of Shiganshina, where Erin and Armin and Mikasa live, is heavily influenced by the European-style houses in the 16th century. Mm-hmm. Since I mentioned a while ago that the walls were sort of like a quote-unquote case caste system, mm-hmm. um, it can be said that as the walls go inner, um, it becomes more developed. So Sina, which is the innermost city, has more developed houses from the 17th century. Okay. Um, the introduction of Marley in the later seasons also show the heavy influences from 19th century Europe and even more advanced technology from the 20th century, given the way that the characters in Marley dress, the food that they eat, and also the architecture of the establishments around there. Right. Um, Lastly, I think I want to point out, this is just a very small detail, but the swords of the main characters mm-hmm. are also very European in nature, yeah. given their use of the straight blade instead of the more curved katana. Right. I mean, you can distinguish it from that. It is a, it is a Japanese... Ma- manga and anime are Japanese art forms, so that the choice of a straight sword would have been very deliberate on the part of the, of the author, or mangaka, as you have taught me to say. <laughs> So, so far, we've talked about German or European influences on setting and characters. Now, maybe we can shift topics. So, Sandra, a quick question for you. Do you know where this line is from? It goes, Seid ihr das Essen, nein wir sind der Jäger. Yes, I know that line. You do know that line. Okay, yes. cool. <laughs> I used to randomly sing and shout this as a child. Um, it's nice. From, yeah, it's from Korean Naomi, right? The first opening song. Right, right, exactly. So it's the very first line of Guren no Yumiya, the first opening song of Attack on Titan. And it translates to someone asking, are you the food? And another responding, no, we are the hunters. It's a pretty catchy song, but it's an indication of the German influence on the soundscape of the series. If I remember correctly, it's even got violins and this operatic sound. So perhaps that is another indication of the influence. Uh, Do you have any other thoughts on this, Sandra? Um, actually, Gurenu Yumea is but one of the many songs that feature German words in the Attack on Titan playlist. So I think the sound master 
or whoever it is who manages the sound in an anime yeah. was really influenced by a lot of German um, mm-hmm. influences. Okay. Uh, I must point out that there are also songs in the AOT playlist that have complete stanzas that are completely in German. Oh. So these include the following, which I will apologize for because I cannot pronounce German properly. So there are three songs that I listed here. It is So ist es immer, Okay. Vogel im Kaffig. Okay. I feel like I butchered that. I am so sorry. <laughs> perhaps, um, perhaps it'll help if if you happen to have the English translations of what those mean. Definitely. Okay. Oh, you so, do. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> the first one is "It's Always Like That." So that's so it's as and then "Baklotze" is building blocks or bricks, and okay. then "Vogel im Kaffig" is a bird in a cage. Right. Right. Yes. Yes, yes. So, I highly recommend actually listening to these songs because most of the lyrics delve into the thoughts of the characters in the series, their desires, as well as a glimpse into their suffering. They're very good. <laughs> I completely agree. And have you managed to think about the sort of the soundscape of the ambient music in, in the series? Do you think that that also has European influence? Definitely, because a lot of the um, songs make use of an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're not using an orchestra, they use a lot of instruments or vocalization that is very soft in nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So worth, worth uh, giving the soundtrack another listen and, and checking for these European influences there as well. Finally, I don't think a conversation about Attack on Titan is complete unless we discuss some references to actual history. I imagine you have identified some of these, Sandra. Would you like to share some with us? Uh-huh, okay. Um, <laughs> actually, I think I have to warn that this is the part that really contains a lot of heavy spoilers. Okay. So, um, in the later seasons, you actually discover the history of Paradise Island, and this is what I was um, referring, referencing a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the war between Eldia, so that's the race of the main characters like Eren mm-hmm. and Armin, and the Marlians from across the sea, um, which is another race that they are okay. fighting with is heavily based on the wars that occurred during the Roman period. So, a lot of the soldiers of Marley have helmets that look incredibly similar to that of the Roman soldiers. So, that's the red um, things on the top of their head. Right, I see. Yes. Um, Furthermore, the manga itself actually draws upon a lot of themes related to the Holocaust. Uh, towards the latter part of the series, we are once again in- introduced to the island of Marley, which has quote unquote concentration camps for Eldians, which is um, very disappointing and sad for the main characters. Mm-hmm. So, the Eldian race, according to the Marlians, is considered to be a quote unquote cursed race. Mm-hmm. So, I think we already know where this is. Um, uh, drawn upon. So, yeah. in order to identify the members of the Elvian race, the Marlians required them to wear an armband. All so, right. Mm-hmm. This leads to a lot of oppression for the Eldians, who were already segregated from the Marlians. And as um, we are, we might already infer this is similar to the way that Jews had to wear a Jewish badge yeah. in towns and cities that the Nazis took over. Right. So, 
yes, Isayama really doesn't hesitate to bring into the picture these historic references. Indeed. Uh, and I think one of the, this, this may connect to the next question that I was going to ask you, which has to do with the controversies surrounding the author's political views. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Mm, yeah, there, there are quite a few. Um, there have been allegations that the author is furthering right-wing propaganda through Attack on Titan. Um, in 2010, he admitted that in his blog that one of the characters in the series, Dot Pixies, who was the top officer of the garrison, mm-hmm. which is basically the um, sec- sector of the military that takes care of the walls, um, is said to be based off of a Japanese imperial soldier. Um, there's also the over-glorification of the military and this is particularly um, noticed in the second opening of Attack on Titan. Uh, the song has these undertones that makes it sound like an anthem that greatly supports the Survey Corps. I see. Okay. Sayama was also accused of being a quote-unquote Nazi sympathizer, mostly due to the references that I mentioned previously. Aside from the author, the official Attack on Titan merchandise store also received a lot of heat after it released the Elvian band as a form of merchandise, which was, of course, approved by Isayama. Right. Um, Yes, this was pulled out immediately, however, after the negative reception. Okay, okay. So, yeah, pretty controversial, I must say. Yes. (laughs) So, despite the controversies though, would you still encourage our listeners to watch or read Attack on Titan? I definitely would. I think when ingesting Attack on Titan, it's a good thing to understand not just the good things about it, but also the controversies in order to effectively form educated opinions. So Attack on Titan as a manga and as an anime actually possesses the level and style of writing that allows readers to understand the characters and the decisions that they make. So since the characters themselves can be self-centered and ignorant to a lot mm-hmm. of facts and things and they acknowledge this themselves it's so utterly human and it makes it um easier and it gives a task to the reader to interpret and understand the events of the series itself so that they can form their own opinions about it uh i think at this point i would like to quote the saying from haji zoe oh perfect your favorite (laughs) character yes very wise (laughs) yes (laughs) when there's something that you don't understand learn to understand it because that's what the survey core is all about I think this is particularly relevant and important when conducting research, but also when watching shows that delve into such intricate topics like Attack on Titan. Excellent. I mean, that's very wise advice. I think all of us should strive to be a little bit more like Hanji. Uh, I think you would agree. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes. Be more like what she imagines the survey course should be. Definitely. Yeah. So to our listeners, if you're looking for a Japanese cultural product with some German influence, do consider checking out Attack on Titan. And on that note, I think we can end our episode here. Thank you so much, Sandra, for joining me on the conversation. I hope you had fun. 
I did. Thank you so much for having me, BJ. I'm so glad I was able to share the Hanji Zoe agenda. I mean, talk about Attack on Titan with you. <laughs> yes, excellent. Many thanks as well to our audience for continuing to support us. To paraphrase the Attack on Titan opening song, we're not food, we are the hunters, looking for examples of how European influences impact us in our daily lives. Sayonara, everyone, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Eurospeak podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Eurospeak podcast. If you like what you heard, why not leave us a five-star review? And for more episodes, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is contact.eurospeak at gmail.com.